Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Podcast. As always, your boy Pat Lane here with my guy Matt St. Jean. And as always, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official wage partner, uh, sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up today. Matt, man, it just it's just so frustrating. Hey, all right. Before we get into all the frustration, the Patriots scored two touchdowns today. Two whole touchdowns. I I popped some champagne, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It was, listen, it's ugly. It's honestly, when that's, when that's the situation, like it's ugly. Right. And, you know, I think Belichick summed it up best. Like when, when you look at, they had 10 penalties of 79 yards on the first drive of the game, they had two penalties right away. And they had three penalties in the last two minutes of the game. You can't win. You can't win doing that crap. Five and, penalties in the first quarter, five in the fourth quarter. Right. And this is what's happened to them consistently, nonstop, since the beginning of the season, really for the last two years. Um, you know, it's, man, that was uh, that was rough. Not good. Yeah. And, and I think before we get into the everything about this game, um, I think there are a lot of legitimate reasons why this team has not played well on the injury front. Yeah. But I also think if you look around the NFL, you're going to see a lot of teams that are banged up and finding ways to get things done better than what the Patriots have done. Like you can look at this Sunday night game right now with mm-hmm. the Giants making I mean, that that's a bad offensive line and they're making enough work that they can run an offense with a backup quarterback. You have the New York Jets. They played today not just without Aaron Rodgers, but down their top two corners and beat the Eagles and made things happen. So um, I think injuries are a reason the Patriots are in this place, but it does not excuse the the totality of of what has happened here. 100%. 100%. And that's the thing, right? You can look at all the – you can look at all the defense. You can look at all the the injuries – on the defensive side of the football and also on the offensive side of the football, right? Like the guard play has been awful. And, you know, a lot of that is because their two top guards are both hurt. Right. And I thought that city. So played okay today, but Moffy just continues to struggle and Cole strange just, you know, hasn't been healthy. Now I will say I was at a season ticket holder event. It was, they do an away game, um, an away game viewing party every year. Um, and so I went with the kids and we had a really good time. 
And so Fitzy was there. Fitzy was the MC and uh, friend of the front of the program, uh, Fitzy. And, you know, he he had Cole Strange. Cole Strange was there. And Strange said that he, he obviously can't guarantee anything, but he said he's hoping to play next week. Now, again, is that going to be the case? I have no idea, right? But he's hoping to play next week. If Strange can get back on the field, and Onwenu, who dressed today but didn't really play, can get back on the field, now you can figure out that right tackle spot. Is it going to be City So over there? But the issue that I have, here's the problem that I have, right? Malcolm Butler's back because he had to be, right? Because they were down four guys on on who, the corners and everything else. Who's like that, right? Who who's back, Pat? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> JC Jackson. <laughs> JC Jackson is back. Sorry, you know he's wearing twenty nines. That's the last season when we had that Malcolm Butler and Kemp. <laughs> yes. Um. So. Uh, Malcolm Moore 29 and it was funny, funny enough, Malcolm Moore, I think Malcolm Moore 29 in camp and so did JC Jackson. So yeah. anyway, um, but regardless, right. JC Jackson's back because there's a ton of guys hurt, right? Well, why, why haven't we brought someone in attack? I don't care who it is trade for some, do something. You can't keep sticking for Darian Lowe out there. He sucks and he's trying his best. He's trying his hardest. I mean, God love the guy. He's doing the best that he can. But, like, on the final safety, Hunter Henry chips Max Crosby, and Lowe doesn't even touch him. He doesn't even oh, touch him. What, he didn't what, get a hand on him. Well, they put it was Gesicki who was out there. And, I mean, Crosby went through Gesicki and then Lowe, like a hot right. knife through butter. It's right. like they weren't there, which, I mean, I think, one, it's credit to how good Max Crosby is as a player. He is... If he's not the best football player on the field today, it's only because Devontae Adams was also on the field today right. uh, with, with how well he's played. But, like, man, you just – the fact that you're chipping there with the tight end on Max Crosby so the, the offensive tackle can get into position and he still doesn't get into position is is really hard to, to yeah. deal with. And you talk about bringing guys in from outside the building. I'm looking at guys inside the building. Calvin Anderson's right there. He's active today. He was mm-hmm. bad when he played. He wasn't this bad. I don't know why they haven't gone back to that to try it. Uh, I think when the guards are healthy, you got to try City So back out there at right tackle because he practiced there all of camp. Yep. And if they really think what they're getting from Vidarian Lowe right now is the best they can get at tackle, um, I mean, that's, that's that's rough right now. And I don't think that's a great sign for Adrian Clem here in year one. And I understand he can't. He's not a miracle worker. He can't magically turn bad players into good players. But right. right now they got the worst right tackle in the league. They have the worst tackle in the league starting. And yeah. if you can get him up to, I mean, what, how many, was he? PFF had him, I think, 73rd out of 73. If you can get him up to 63rd out of 60, out of 73, that's going to help you a ton right now. Just even right. that incremental stuff. Yeah, And yeah, you got to, you got to find a way to, to improve that the guard spot should improve on their own with health. The right. tackle spot won't, you got to find something there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it's, it's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to watch. And listen, you know, Kendrick Bourne showed up today. Kendrick Bourne showed up. He played well. And so, but this is kind of what we've been saying all along, like feed Kendrick Bourne. He's the best receiver on the team. We've been saying that since for two years, we've been saying that, Right. And so, you know, that's kind of 
that's that's the hard part. Now, again, and, and I know you know Nagan's on here talking about trade Cole Strange, and so like and fine, right? You think Cole Strange sucks, and I know I know people hate Cole Strange. I get it. I know I understand that. Okay, I don't like they took him at twenty nine overall either. I think it sucks that they took him at twenty nine overall. But here we are, here we are, right? They took him at twenty nine overall. It just you know it is what it is. You got to deal with it. He's you know, not a, he's and not he's a bad fine. Player, he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's not. He's not going to be. A, you know, he's not going to be an all pro guard, but he's going to be a good, a decent enough guard that he's going to be able to give you respectable play at left guard. Now I understand he had a bad first game back, but he's, he's going to be able to give you decent play at left guard. And he's and like the, that's going to make your offensive line better. The game and a half or whatever it was, game and three quarters that he's played for you this season was through this nagging injury that he has not right. been able to push through. Uh, this is not this is not what Cole Strange is going to look like when he's healthy. And I don't know how good he will actually be, but uh, I think when you're looking forward for this team, unless he is, you know, the injury is debilitating or he's just so bad in camp that you know he's a bust, uh, you're, you're, you're bringing him onto this team as a starter next year just because, you know, this team has a lot of holes that are going to have to be filled going forward. And when you got a first round guard there, you can't just, you got to at least kick the tires on it and see, see what's going on before you push him out of the building. And also if you trade him now, you're getting, because he's injured, you're getting nothing back no for reason. him. If he plays well, then you can try to get something back for him. But I, I also, I mean, I, don't, I literally don't think there would be a trade market for him right now because of the injury. Like Ooh. teams are going to want to, get a physical in on him before they're interested and right and again like what do you why are you trading that guy it doesn't make any sense like unless you're just like he's so bad we have to get him off the team which is what they should do with Devontae parker like he's so bad we should get him off the team just trade him for nothing like yeah that's yeah that's the only issue that we're looking at you know what i mean yeah and speaking of Devontae parker man as and i i'm a guy that's been a Devontae parker fan i think on the show Devontae parker defender the parker that we saw last year uh, it has disappeared. The mm. last time we saw him in a New England uniform last year, that game in Buffalo, he was really good. And that was one mm. of the best games he played all season. And he was making big catches. And that has not been the case this year. Um, for a guy, I mean, he's supposed to be a contested catch guy. Like, that's, he's not going to separate. That's never been his game. I'm not going to get upset at him for that. I am going to get upset at him when he doesn't catch a ball that lands right in his hands in the club right. situation. Plays like that, being able to make that catch, are why they gave him an extension because he has shown throughout his entire career he can make that play. And you can't make it there. I, I don't know how you put him out on the field right now. The only way you, you take him off, the only way you're going to leave him on the field is if your other options are that bad. But they were playing Jalen Rager over him for long stretches of the second half. Right, right. And that's that's kind of the hard part is you look at it and say, well, Keyshawn Booty's on the team. He plays the same position he did. Play the same position, right? Like, and so for me, if he plays the same position, friggin' take out Devontae Parker and put him in, right? And look, and I understand, and Nagan's on one talking about Isaiah Wynn, and, and fine, right? I thought Isaiah Wynn was a was a serviceable right tackle when he was healthy. Well, yeah, um, the, issue, the issue with Wynn is he was good enough. He convinced everybody to take the option and then he got so hurt that he couldn't even play tackle anymore and had to be a guard. <laughs> right. Right. And so, and he's not, he's not very good doing that either, but you know, but the, so it's frustrating, 
right? And people are frustrated and I understand that. I get that people are upset and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I understand. By the way, Antonio Mafi is just awful. He's just god awful. Well, and he repeats the same mistakes. If you go yes. watch uh, Brett Coleman, uh, who does terrific content on YouTube, did a video about the Patriots offense, and he talks about some of the issues with Antonio Mafi, which um, any people who watched him in college will say he had he had the same issues in college over and over again, and it's popping up now here in the NFL. He doesn't have very good awareness as a blocker about where the pass rushers that aren't the one directly in front of him are. So when they're switching and moving all over the place, he can't stay with it. He can't track it. He yeah. doesn't get his hands on guys early enough to, to make it happen. He has the athletic ability to be good. And I think that's why you stick with him for now and see if he develops and do at least a backup quality guy. But right. Mafi is not an NFL starter at this point. And he has to be because you're down not just one, but two starters at guard. Right, right, which is true. So Scott asked a question about uh, Bill O'Brien. So how much how much blame is on Bill O'Brien's plate? You know, I mean, look, I think that I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of blame on Bill O'Brien's plate. But at the same time, if you like, the problem is when you can't block, it's a nightmare, right? It's it's a nightmare, and you can't do anything. Now, what they were able to do, which they hadn't been able to do all year, but they were able to do t- uh, today was run the ball. I think that that's, that's seeing that was huge. The fact that they could run the ball was huge. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I like that. I want them to keep doing that. But again, right. Like you look at it and just say like, you have to be able to run, but then you also have to be able to like protect the passer. And they weren't able to do that really all day. I mean, really, the only the only good plays that Mac had were plays where he got the ball out quick, right? All of those throws were quick throws, right? I mean, it's just quick, 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 quick. That's it. You know what I mean? So, um, so I don't know. I just I don't know where you go from there, right? I, I honestly don't. And again, you take the safety, and it's hard. And this is the hard part. Everyone deserves blame. Mac Jones played better today, but like he also, he also almost had another pick, right? And thank well, right through the guy's hands, for God's sakes. Like that should have been an easy interception in the red zone. Yeah. Patriots end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, but that could have easily ended with it with an interception right there. And if he's running the other way, he might not score, you know, but he's but he's one of those guys where, like, you know, that that's a, a terrible pass, a terrible throw, an awful decision. Ends up just thankfully going right through his hands. And, you know, like, it, it's not, I don't know. And so, like, there's lots of blame to go around. And I'm not saying that, you know, let, let's not let's not get it twisted here and say that, you know, Mac doesn't deserve any blame or whatever. Because Mac was awful, like, at times. He was pretty good at times, but he was awful at times, too. That interception yeah. was. Man, so bad. Well, I think the issue with Mac too at this point is that it's the same thing over and over. Like it's trying, he tries to extend a play, and some sometimes when he tries to extend a play, he doesn't see defender and he throws it right to him. Sometimes when he tries to extend a play, the throw just goes wild. 
This was the latter. I think he had Hunter Henry open. He at least had a chance to complete that throw. Doesn't put it anywhere near him. Right. So you, you get that, and that basically is probably like a six-point swing because the Raiders go down and kick a field goal right after, and it takes three points off the board for you minimum, and you could have scored a touchdown on that drive. And, you know, you got the throw that should have been picked off, like you're talking about. And yep. Mac had some bad moments. He also made probably his best throw of the season today. Yep. And when you're trying to pull out a comeback and the guys around him couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. And that right there is the Mac Jones saga. He's right. not consistently able to make things happen. He can't push the ball downfield consistently enough. So you end up with a really limited window of opportunities where he's going to make plays happen. Mm-hmm. And the guys around him aren't good enough to take advantage of that. So you just kind of end up with this string of what ifs for him. And right. I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback, but I think it's, I think the book on him is out. I think it's pretty clear what he is. I don't really think what happens the rest of the season is going to change many minds on it unless you see some kind of crazy uptick in his play. I think it's clear he's not the guy. And if this team needs a new quarterback, that's going to come with an overhaul of the organization the football part of the organization from the top down. Um, yeah. Because there's no real sense in drafting a new quarterback when your head coach is going to be 72 years old next year. You're not right. drafting a new quarterback when the coach isn't even going to be there through his whole rookie deal. So yeah. no, that's I think true. that's where we're at with that. It's true. When you talk about, you know, you talk about um, quarterback, right? And, you know, a bunch of people have been asking this, but Gary asked about should Malik Cunningham start at QB moving forward. Now, here's the thing with that. Here's the only issue that I have with that. He's not he's not going to start a quarterback. I think it's pretty obvious that he's not going to start a quarterback, right? What's funny is that he was the backup quarterback today, but he didn't even take snaps. He took zero snaps in, in warm-ups. And so, like, Apparently you know. warmed up in the locker room. Yeah, said. it's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. So everybody knows he's the backup quarterback. There's no advantage to playing mind games by having him warm up in the locker room. Yeah, it makes no sense. Makes no sense. So I, I don't know. I'm not really sure the thought process behind that. I don't know um, what the situation is, but it's it's fairly clear that he's not in their plans at QB moving forward. Now, I will say, right, I will say, that it can't get more, like, at least they scored some touchdowns today, right? But, like, the last two and a half games before the second half, it can't get much worse offensively. So, like, why are we, you know, why do you keep throwing Mac Jones out there and just see, what, like, we just keep throwing him out there, and then it's like, it doesn't work, and we're banging our heads against the wall. The only two drives that we had that were good we're running drives or like the one drive that we had where of course Zeke catches the ball. And it wasn't, by the way, it was a clear holding call on, on, on Hunter Henry. Like I know people are upset about the rest, but like, that's a clear, but the, but the clear Raiders, holding. so Morig or everything is he, he also sold that call. He made sure he got that flag. hundred percent, you know, and I don't blame yeah. him, but it was holding, right. Right? if it gets the flag credit to him for it. Right. And you know, and then Bourne had a really nice run after the catch and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. But like, but it's stuff, you know, they get down the field, not by Mac Jones leading them down the field. They got down the field by running the ball and throwing short, quick passes. Like, that's Which not is, scaring anyone. They had, what, gonna... a 17-play, nine-minute drive or something, nine-and-a-half-minute drive? Like, that's fine. But, 
you know, you keep putting yourself down by multiple scores. They did it again today. You keep putting yourself down by multiple scores early in the game, and you're going to have to come back. And, like, if it's going to take you nine and a half minutes to get down the field, it's just not – I don't know. Yeah. They've been outscored in the first quarter of the season 39-6, to by the way. And I think that's kind of the biggest issue here from the the team perspective. They're just not – they don't get off the bus ready to play. No. And you can't you can't have that. When it comes to the quarterback situation, I'm, I don't think Malik Cunningham is is ready and like let, let's look at it. Like we're this team's 1 in 5, likely about to be 1 in 7 with yep. Buffalo and Miami coming up. We're not mm-hmm. going anywhere this year. Mac Jones isn't the quarterback of the future. There probably aren't a lot of pieces on this off, uh, of this offense that you're going to be building around going forward, quite frankly. Right. So, you want to use the rest of this season to evaluate which pieces on the offense are worth keeping. And quite frankly, I think the best way to do that is to keep playing Mac Jones because he's the best quarterback. And it's like, all right, we know like at Devontae Parker, he basically got benched in the second half anyway for Rager, came back in at the end and dropped that ball. I don't think we're going to, I can't imagine we see a lot more of him this season. I think the plan for the rest of the year should probably be to let the younger receivers play as much as possible and try to get the offensive line healthy. You play Mac because he's your best quarterback and you see how he works with the other pieces on your offense. Because if Malik Cunningham's back there, I I don't know how much I trust him throwing the ball right now, uh, especially if he's not practicing a quarterback. And how are you supposed to evaluate what Taquan Thornton is? If your quarterback is not a, a threat to the deep, like it's not a threat to throw the ball or Pop Douglas or Kayshawn Booty or Rager or whoever you're going to have out there. Um, right. I think you kind of just have to go with the best guy. And the other thing is that if Mac Jones does look better at all, not that you're building around him, but trade value, I think Correct. you're rebuilding. Mac Jones is probably not going to be on this team next year because if you're resetting things, it doesn't make much sense to keep him in the building from a leadership perspective. Right. So if you can if you can ship him out somewhere. If somebody will give you up a, a fourth round pick for him just to, to see what they can get. Um, right. It's worth anything. It. Yeah. So you start him. And um, I, quite frankly, this offense is not good. There aren't players on this team that can make it good. There aren't people they can add to this team that can make it good. Right. This is what it's going to be. And I think you, you can move, you can shift the, the chairs around on the Titanic deck as much as you want. It's still going down, and let's mm-hmm. try to figure out what we can build around. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. And so, and the other part of it too, I just saw a few people mention it, so I got to mention it. I I understand, right? I understand that Malik Cunningham got a three year deal. It's not like they were like, "Oh, we love this guy." No, no, it was a UDFA deal. He got a three year deal because that's what UDFA is signed. It has nothing yeah. to do with. We love this guy. Instead of giving him one year deal, we're going to give him. No, no, no. That's not how it works. He's a UDFA. And so UDFA is signed a three-year deal. That's what they do well, when they come in. Well, well, and the, the other part of it, that that takes him. So if you are an undrafted free agent and then you sign, you can sign a one-year deal as right. one. When you become a free agent after you're either a restricted free agent or exclusive there's another. Free agent. Exclusive yeah, there's exclusive free rights. Agent. Yeah. yeah. And the three-year deal takes him through the end of that window. So they're basically just saying, hey, we, we think we like you enough to keep you through there. But there's no, like, there's no guaranteed money on that. You're not, you're not losing. Like, you can still cut him at any point. You're not losing future money. Um, right. 
So deals, deals like that, it's the three years to say, hey, we like you enough that we think we're going to keep you in the building that long. Yeah. But it's no, it's no more of a commitment than that. Correct. Uh, yeah. We do have, we do have a, do we, do we want to talk future coaches here, Pat? Because we do have a question on this. We can. Do you want to take a break first and then we'll, and then we can, uh, yeah, tra- transition to coaching staff? I think it makes yeah. sense. I think, I think it's a good kind of place to go. Look, I think just to sum up kind of this first half here, the Patriots ultimately competed. They came out and they they didn't compete early on. It looked ugly early on, but they came out and competed. They were there with, with you know, they went on two at the end of the game. Defense got a stop. Offense got the ball same, back. Same story. <laughs> and, you know, and Mac actually made a really nice throw and Devontae Parker let them down and dropped the ball. And so, like, and that's unfortunate and that sucks, but like it was infinitely better than it was the last two weeks. There was at least football to watch, not early on, but as the as the game went on, there was at least football to watch. They were playing actual football on offense, which was nice to see. We need to see that now for 60 minutes. But you know, at I'll the take, very least, I'll take 20. <laughs> right. I mean, really. I mean, look, man, here's the deal, right? Look at these look look at the Giants tonight. The Giants are playing the Bills tonight. They're up six to nothing in the third quarter against the Bills, who yeah. lost last week. I figured the Bills would Which, come in a hundred percent super yeah. focused. I know they're missing some guys. Tyrod Taylor starting for the Giants at quarterback. Tyrod Taylor. And they're up well, six this to nothing. Is, well, we know Josh Allen is a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, and you've got good Josh Allen and you've got bad Josh Allen, and apparently it's bad Josh Allen tonight. Um, right. Which which seems to guarantee it's going to be good, Josh. He, this has been bad, Josh Allen, for two weeks now. Yeah, I can't and imagine he, getting bad. He Josh hates Allen this week. he hates the Patriots too. Oh yeah, I think we're we're going to see some good Josh Allen next week, and with the the bodies in this defense, we'll we'll get to that after the break. <laughs> right. I mean he he treats the Patriots like like Brady treated the Jets. So like like Brady treated the Bills and the Bills. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Too. <laughs> care more about beating the Jets and the Bills, but that's neither here nor there. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Let's get in. Let's get into the coaching here because Teddy Bruschi talked about it today. He was pretty candid, I thought, about you know what he was, what he wanted for Belichick, um, which was essentially to keep coaching, to coach his ass off this year, and then walk away. Um, and so, you know, look, I mean, that's, I think that that's kind of on the nose. 
Bill and you know, there's also an interview that uh, dropped with Kraft where Kraft was talking about like you'd have to you'd have to ask Bill what his plans are because it's kind of on him to decide what he wants to do. And I think that I think that Kraft understands what Bill has done for him for the last 20 years, 20 plus years. At the same time, you need to be able to feel the competitive team. And if you feel as though you're not going to be able to feel the competitive team, then you just simply have to move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that simple. And the other thing I think, I think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And also he gets a ton of hate for what he's done as a GM, which I think is completely unwarranted because you have the argument made that Tom Brady was only as good as he was because of the system and how good the defense was. And then people will argue that Belichick wasn't a good GM as if he wasn't the guy that put together the system and the defense so i think he's he goes down as one of the greatest to ever do it period in this sport and the greatest coach of all time i also think we're at a spot right now where he lost not just the greatest player in tom brady but the guy who was a leader on the field and in practice the guy who's meticulous bought into the system going to push every teammate around him to do to the best of their abilities and a guy who has the cachet to call out literally any player in the NFL on their effort and say, Hey, do it again in practice. Like that's you lose that behind the scenes as a leader. And that's tough to replace. Uh, This is a team that's lost a lot of coaches in the last six years, a lot of assistants who've gone and there's a lot of brain drain behind the scenes. And I think the game has in some ways started to pass bill by just just a little bit. I don't think he's completely lost it. I think he's put together some excellent game plans. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think you put it all together with his age and with where the Patriots are. I think it's clear that the offensive side of the ball probably needs a, a just about complete tear down and build up again. I don't think he's the guy for that right now. Um, I think the, the only question is going to be who you have in the head coaching seat going forward and in the, the GM role going forward, who's going to pick it to. And I think it's going to be Robert and Jonathan Kraft doing that together now, because, you know, just like it's bill going on to the next generation, the ownership is kind of starting to get to that point here too, with age. Right. Um, an old man, mom had asked this, but I wanted to bring it up. Am I crazy for saying I'm worried about the idea of Gerard Mayo taking over as head coach? Because he might just be another bill head coach. I want your thoughts, Pat, but I wanted to, wanted to give mine real quick here. Um, I think it's fair to be worried and also he might be the best guy for the job. I'm not sure. I think this is where things get really, really up in the air because for as bad as, you know, the offense has been, even the special, the special teams the last year and a half, the defense has consistently been really good and not just Mayo, but his sons, Bill's sons are a huge part of that. DeMarcus Covington is a huge part of that. They have a great coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think you want to shake that up too much. And if ter- ter- taking it down to the studs means that we're getting rid of all of the defensive infrastructure as well, I am concerned going forward because I think you're losing a lot of good stuff there that you can build upon. The flip side is that this team needs a new quarterback and the offense has to get built with a modern mind. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to focus on that in the head coaching position. If there yeah. was a way to keep, I think if there was a way to keep everything on the defense intact and replace all of the offense at once, that's what I would do. I don't know if that's realistic. Yeah, you know what? The hard thing is that 
when you hear about Gerard Mayo, when people talk about Gerard Mayo, they talk about he's a great leader of men. He's going to make a great head coach someday. And he's, you know, because of the way that he treats the players and the way the players respect him and, you know, all of those things you hear about him. At the same time, you you, you wonder. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't know what it looks like with Gerard Mayo. Now, I understand. I I understand, right, that people sit there and they say, you know, well, and people are talking about it right now. Will the philosophy change? Will the will the climate change? Will things be different with him? But at the same time, just because he played for the Patriots and played for Belichick doesn't mean that he's a Belichick clone. He might have his own way of doing things, a way that he wants to do things. By the way, there's a huge melee going on in in, uh, in Buffalo yeah, right I'm now. Just seeing this replay now. <laughs> fighting, everyone's fighting as well. I see somebody. I see a Bills offensive lineman stomping on a Giants defensive player. Yeah, it's not great. So. It's not great. Um, after Kayvon Thibodeau kicked him in the nuts, it looked like. So, anyways, yeah. um, but you know, it, it's hard. But I think that ultimately, you have to be able to find a guy that can lead the team and do everything that needs to get done. Now, I understand, I understand that you want an offensive coach. But you didn't really have an offensive coach in Bill Belichick. But he learned the offense. And he learned it almost kind of with Brady, right? And, And so I think if Mayo is as smart as people think he is, if he's as good at this stuff that people think he is, he could be the guy, right? He could be the guy. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's a hard question. It's a question that I don't know the answer to. I'm not in the building, obviously. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not privy to what's going on. I don't know, you know, how he interacts with the players and how he makes the players feel and all this other stuff. I get that. But, at the same time, like, you know, you're right. They do need an offensive guy. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm not really yeah. sure. You know, it, it's and a I, tough question. It's a hard question to answer, you know. And and by the way, if you hire a new head coach, okay, and it's not Gerard Mayo, Gerard Mayo is not your defensive coordinator next year. Like I, I think know, he's getting a head coaching job this offseason. And I, I think what'll happen with that too is you probably see him go elsewhere. And depending on how things go with Bill at the end, I wouldn't be surprised to see his sons go elsewhere just to cement themselves on their own outside of their father. And I think that is definitely possibly true, even if Belichick were to stay on as head coach and everything. Right. And, you know, if if we're at that point, then you are kind of starting the defense from scratch coaching in a lot of ways anyway. Yeah. Um, a lot of this conversation, too, is going to be about who ends up being available. The name that comes to mind for me is Ben Johnson, who is the the Lions offensive Lions. coordinator. And you know the way they've done it over there. They've made Jared Goff, who's always been a good regular season quarterback, look really, yeah. really, really good uh, and become a much better clutch player, much better mentally. Right. They've built out that awesome offensive line there. And they have, I think what the Patriots have kind of tried to do, which is to play bully ball in the running game and then make that, make your life easier in the passing game and they have good tight ends and all that stuff. So I think that could fit 
but that's not going to be your Dolphins, Bills, high flying offense with lots of no. movement, uh, or like a not that's not going to be like a Shanahan McVay offense. That's going to there's going to be shades of that, but it's going to be kind of similar to some of the stuff we've seen, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. It depends on your taste and. You know, you'd be asking an offensive coordinator to step up from head coach, and I like yep. the bet, but that's never a sure thing. He Correct. hasn't done the job before, so right. Right. you don't know. And this goes for Mayo as well. Yeah, it's tough, you know, and, and it's hard to it's hard to project what that's going to look like, right? And a lot of these guys, not not all of them, of course, but a lot of these guys don't necessarily succeed like crazy in their first one, um, yeah. in their first job. And so it takes some time, right? Look, Josh McDaniels is, is a fantastic offensive coordinator. He's not a great head coach. He's a fine head coach. He's not a great head coach. Fine. He's, I mean, the, the fact that he's gone to two different AFC West teams and immediately traded the quarterback at both of them yeah, it's is not ideal. really, really funny to me. Yeah, um, that ideal. makes me that makes me laugh. And I think that's the thing too is that. Josh McDaniels, for all of his flaws, is very sure of what he wants to do. And yeah. He's very confident. And that should be the case in any guy that you're hiring. Uh, you want a guy who's committed to a way that he wants to win. And he knows how to do it. He knows the players he wants and all that. Um, sometimes it's hard to determine if guys who are confident in that are confident because they only know that and they know nothing else about football. And that is their way. And they're going to, you know, they're going to pound square pegs into round holes to make their system work. or if it's a guy who likes the system because he understands all of football and he likes what this offers him and he can make other things work. And you never really know until those guys are put in situations where they have to do something different than what they've always done. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, you know, it's going to be a world of uncertainty here. It was always going to be it's, And you're asking a guy to fill the shoes of the greatest coach of all time with a, with a franchise with crazy high expectations. Right. And let's not get it twisted, right? Let's not get it twisted. And I know that, you know, Ashton is is all in his feelings about Bill Belichick. And, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. But Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, there's no doubt about Full that. Full stop. He's the greatest coach of all time. He, he is. I'm sorry. You can, oh, you know, Don Shula was this. And, you know, uh, what's his face? Won, you know, four Super Bowls with the Redskins and one with four different quarterbacks. Joe Gibbs. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Sorry, like yeah, I'm not. Bill Belichick I'm not entertaining. Period. I'm not entertaining other arguments, and right. I, I and saw, I saw a lot of people online arguing about Bill not even being a good, like saying Bill the coach is the greatest coach of all time. Bill the GM is a bad GM. Bill the GM is not a bad GM. The dude who drafted Gronk and Branch, and I'm not, I'm not even going to go down that argument. I'm not entertaining that because of right. how good the teams he's built have consistently been. Well, he's really good at what he does. He hasn't been as good lately. Correct. And that's uh-huh. and ultimately what it comes down to is that. Just because he's had a rough four years here, right? Just because he's had a rough four years, maybe five, does not mean he's not the greatest coach of all time. Does not mean he's not one of the greatest GMs of all time. I mean, look what he did from that 2000 team to that 01 team. If you look what he did in that time, just just when you're when you have a minute, right? When you have a minute, I, Matt, you don't have to do this. Because I know you know. When you have a minute, boys and girls, go out there and just Google Patriots 2001 acquisitions and just see the amount of guys that they have gone out, that they went out and got from the year 2000 in 2001. The guys they signed in one year deals Anthony Pleasant, 
and you know Mike Vrabel. Bobby Hamilton and Mike Vrabel and Antoine Smith and guys, guys that like it's just David Patton. David Patton. That was a pretty good one. Like you know, you, you just you go down the list of all the players they acquired in two thousand one. You're like, whoa! They took a team that was five and eleven and stunk in two thousand, and they became a Super Bowl winning team. And, and not only that, that that five and eleven team didn't have a lot of good core pieces to it, and like. A lot of those 11 losses were close games against decent teams where you could see, hey, the only reason that this game even got close was because of the coaching. Right, right. And I, and I will say, old man mom says it here until, until I'll put it up here. Bill, Brady, Kraft, and Skarnakia. And and honestly, Scar is, is one of those guys, man. Scar is one of those yeah. guys that, you know, I think everyone kind of didn't appreciate how good he was when he was here. Um. You know, and and that's unfortunately that's kind of the way it is. And and Fast Magician says, "Why can't he do it now?" In all caps, he's very upset about it. Why can't he do it now? The reason why he can't do it now is because he doesn't have enough good players. It's it's really that simple. Yeah. Look, yeah, from you know, from not oh seven, but like oh eight, and on, right from oh eight to like twenty fourteen. They had a rough like four years of drafting where they like yeah. were not great and the talent was fine, but not, but they were still coming off, still having some of those incredible players. Some of them were still on the team. Obviously they had Brady and they had some incredible players on the team. And so it was like, okay, that works. Yeah. All right, fine. Like, here we go. You know, we could be okay. They were good, but they just, they weren't good enough. Yep. Then they hit some draft. Then starting in 2010, they start hitting some. They start hitting on some draft picks, and now next thing you know, in 2014, they win the Super Bowl again, and they go to three, and three I, out of four, three out of four Super Bowls. And not and and not know. only that, they make some good free agent additions in there. You know, they added Aqib Talib, who was a big at the time. Yep. Brandon Browner, Darrell Revis, all in that secondary, big pieces right. that helped them. Uh, remember yep. Mark Anderson on the defensive line, and how good he was that one year where he helped them a ton. Um, and they, I mean, and they, they always had the offensive line was always good, which is a credit to Skarnacki and what he did and how well he helped to drafting. And uh, one of the reasons Bill was is the greatest coach of all time is because, by all accounts, every book, every story you read about him behind the scenes, he's basically as open minded as it gets with his staff, yep. and he listens to them and he lets them in. And despite having you know this huge mantra about like he's he's the biggest guy in the world and he's the most unapproachable guy in the world on the outside and he has all these accolades and yet if you're a coach you come up to him and you have a suggestion he'll listen to it no matter what and that i think was a huge part of that success and you know they, they lost a lot of the guys around him that were really really good at what they did and they've gotten good at keeping the defensive guys there but the offensive guys basically all left at once and they got bad players and they lost Tom Brady all at the same time and that's right. that's kind of a, a tough ask to fix that all at once most teams when they lose a quarterback like Brady don't see the playoffs for like another decade they saw the playoffs 2 years later i wouldn't i wouldn't even say it's a bad like 5 year run for Belichick i'd say it's a bad 2 year run because that yeah. 2020 team was not good and was only only won seven games because of the coaching and the 2021 team, they went to the playoffs. Well, um, but I'm talking about I'm talking about from a GM perspective. Oh, you know what I mean, okay. like that's that's the hard thing is that you know, in you you look at the position they could be in right in 2018 yeah. if they draft the right guys, in 2019 if they draft the right guys, in 2020 like, and so you that's go down the line of 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 mistakes that they've made. 
right? In 2021, if you sign different receivers or you trade for other guys or whatever the case may be. So like, those are the things that you look back and second guess, like, you know, if they had traded for Emmanuel Sanders in 2019, instead of Muhammad Sanu, if they had drafted AJ Brown, instead of Nikhil Harry, if they had, you know, drafted a good offensive lineman in 2018 or, you know, what, whatever the case may be, right. All of those different things. Right. And so, you know, and you kind of look at it and say, if they had hit on those things, then we could have looked at it and said, Hey, we're doing all right. But yeah. they didn't hit on any of those things. And that's where it becomes difficult because because they didn't hit on those guys, we're in the situation. Right. And yeah. and listen, Belichick, Belichick will be the first one to tell you. Players win the game. Coaches Period. lose them. Full stop. Players win the game. Right. And and look, as I said, it's been a rough stretch. Um it's been a rough stretch, just the way it goes. Okay. Yeah. So he's and so the greatest, he's the greatest know, to ever do it, and he ha- and he has not been up to that right. standard lately. And he's old, and it's time for a reset. I think we can. I think we can all give Bill the the grace and respect that he has earned with the amount of time he's been good for this team, while also realizing that hey, this isn't good enough, and we're going to have to change. Uh, right. Tom Brady, Tom Brady didn't look great the last two years. I mean, he's fine, but he didn't look the way he wasn't. Certainly, wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time for the last two years of his career. Do we hold that against Tom Brady? Are we saying Tom Brady isn't the greatest quarterback of all time anymore because, well, he didn't win a playoff game with the, you know, with with the with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he and he couldn't carry that team to the Super Bowl for two years in a row. Like, is that is that what we're sitting here doing? You know what I mean? Like, come on, you know. And, and look again, I get it. I get it. Be upset and say it's on Bill and the game's passed him by and blah, blah. Say all the things. Say all of them. Fine. But like at the end of the day, you know, let's just, let's just like, let's appreciate what we had and, and understand that Bill is still the greatest coach of all time. He's still one of the best GMs of all time. And he is the architect of the dynasty. Yep. And he's he's the greatest coach of all time until somebody else wins six Super Bowls. Like Correct. That's which Correct. it's going probably going to be a while. And if somebody does, I'll, I deserve a ton of flowers because it's a right. high bar. Um, so and yeah, maybe Andy I do. Reed, maybe Andy Reid can get there. Maybe Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. if they continue to play the way they've been playing, can get there, right? But I don't know if they can. But maybe they can. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, he's passed. By the way. Uh, Ashton, I wasn't talking about Brady in the last two years with the Patriots. I was talking about Brady in the last two years with the Buccaneers. So Bill Belichick no. wasn't his GM and he as wasn't. far as I know. And he two. wasn't and he wasn't great in 2019 either, which I think had a lot to do with the way things kind of fell apart around him there. But right. that's I think that's also a lesson to be learned for this Patriots team. It is a team game regardless. And right. applying that to this Patriots team, Mac Jones, you know, not good enough right now, even though he has good moments. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but he isn't a good one. He certainly is not a franchise guy. And also we can we can say that statement and also say the other ten guys on the field on offense need to play better. We saw Tyquan Thornton today. Did we? I know. He had one catch. Um, it was actually a really nice catch. Yeah, well, yeah, it was nice. And he did he drew he drew a holding call where if he didn't get held, he probably would have been wide open in the end zone. Um, yeah. So that's that's good. I think the other thing too, like Kayshawn Booty, not getting on the field. I, 
and him posting about it on social media. Like, Pat, I go back not to the good. draft and me talking about how I was not a fan of his because there were issues with him, right. off-field issues at LSU and buy-in yep. issues. And he has not been a good enough player to be mouthing off about not getting on the field. And well, we're and I six games in, and it seems like there's already issues with yeah. that. Like, and he and I agree with that. I also I think it's hard because you know he's a human being. He sees how crappy the uh, the wide receivers are playing, and he thinks he can do better. And I don't blame him for that. I also think that you know there are serious issues with him which is why he got drafted in the sixth round, right? If he was a second-round draft pick, I'd be killing the Patriots for that. Yeah. But he was he was a sixth-round pick for a reason. He's incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it's not, that it's not good enough. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah. and so it's, well, it's, it's hard, you know, and it's, it's hard. And again, look, for the, to the people in the chat that have only been watching football for the last five years, I know I know it's hard to realize that Bill Belichick is actually a really good GM. He is. He is. As yeah, I, I said, he's had a tough few years. 100%. 100% and and you can be all over him. Listen, I was I wrote like three articles about his handling of the Stefan Gilmore JC Jackson situation. I thought it was I thought it was a disaster. A complete disaster. And so he's made some serious mistakes, and I think that we're we're issue. It's an issue that has been going on for a while. But again, I you know, I kind of it just is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's I, that's kind of where I'm. You know. And I think I think a lot of the roots of the issues have been going back to that kind of 2015 to 2018 stretch where they won Super Bowls in that span, but a lot of the moves they made didn't pay off long-term, which right. then set up some of the future failures. So I don't I don't know if Kraft has been like bad for a while, or not Kraft, uh, Bill, the GM, has been bad for a while or whatever. I think he's just kind of taken risks that haven't paid off. Um, which, by the way, I'm not going to do the the – I'm not even going to give this comment the significance of putting it up on screen, but I did see somebody say that Bill has never drafted a good player, um, <laughs> which even if we take out the fact that he drafted Tom Brady, because for some reason people like to do that, you know, you got Matt Light, Nate Solder, uh, don't Julian even, I, Edelman, I'm not even, no, Deion listen, I'm not, Branch. I'm not going, I'm not going through the list. I, oh, and I'm not, and that, well, that leaves out Gronk. And when I think, I think one of the recurring things you've seen in the last 10 years here is you, know, you hit on Gronk because you get a guy who's an elite physical guy, an elite prospect with health issues, and it pays off for you. Basically, every time that Gronk was healthy, they were pretty much guaranteed to be either in the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game. He was a cheat code. The Gronk and Brady connection was an absolute cheat code for what it allowed right. you to do on a football right. field. Felt like they kind of kept going back to that well, and it didn't work. Dominic Easley was that type of guy. Malcolm Mitchell was that type of guy. There's a couple others in there because I don't remember every draft off the top of my head. And yeah, but there there are. Derek Rivers is the same I, type of guy. Like it, you know, it's yeah. just and on and on and on and on and on where it's like, you know, you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right that they, that those were those were things, right? Oh, by the way, the first guy that Belichick first Belichick draft pick to make the Hall of Fame made the Hall of Fame last year. And Richard Seymour, but he sucks. He's never drafted a good player. Um, you know, so it, it's just, 
that's ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Is that you look at it and say like, hey, there's just not, you know, I, I get that it's not good enough. I understand that. I understand, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, I, I like, yeah, I like the comment here from Dylan Johnson too. Bill is great at drafting after the first round, but he's so bad in the first with blue chip prospects on the board. And I think a lot of this is the team won so much that you're picking twenty fifth. 29, right. 32nd in the first round. And you're basically getting second round quality prospects at that. And I think that's kind of what you've seen. You've seen blue chip players leave the team and they're not being replaced with blue chip guys, which is a very hard thing to do, yep. but harder when you're not consistently picking near the top of the draft. And I think, I don't know if they've whiffed on a lot of first rounders. I think they just kind of keep coming up with guys who were just good. And yep. that kind of becomes the issue is that you get guys who are good. And then you win enough games that you, you're not picking high the next year. Um, and it could be an area where a total reset of the offense is helpful. Yeah. It's just it's and then not you, yeah. right. Well, and then when the guys aren't good, there's, there's been some real awful ones in there, guys who can't even hang around the roster to, to, to participate. Uh, Duke Dawson, the, the two tight ends in 2020, are guys who stick in my end. And Nikhil Harry and Juwan Williams, who hung around the team for a while, even though they didn't contribute a whole ton to yeah winning football games i mean ultimately um, what it comes down to is that yeah. it's it's not it, it's not one of those situations where you know oh we say oh they trade back too much and they do this and they do that and they the draft is a crapshoot ultimately the draft is a crapshoot they do that because drafting at 22 is the same thing as drafting at 32 for the most part Right, it's the same thing. Well, and well, you know what I mean? twenty-two in particular is a bad one to bring up because that's, I think, where Justin Jefferson went. <laughs> but um, oh, I know. Oh, well, and the no, Patriots were twenty-three point. that year, right? The point was, yeah, the, the point. Patriots in that situation supposedly were drafting Justin Jefferson at twenty-three, and he went at twenty-two, right? And so, and look, we can we can talk about the misses and the guys they should have taken, and and we can, I mean, we could spend hours doing that. Now, then again, that's twenty-five years of picks, right? Like we could. <laughs> We could say, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if. We could also say what if about David Terrell in 2001. See, some of y'all aren't even old enough to know that. David Terrell was the pick. Everyone was like, we need a wide receiver. We need a wide receiver. We need they drafted Richard Seymour in 2001 at number six overall. And people said, you moron. Bill Belichick's the stupidest man on the planet for drafting a defensive lineman at number six. David Terrell is the best wide receiver in the country. He didn't draft that guy. Oh, Richard Seymour just turned into to a Hall of Fame player. He, he turned out okay. David Terrell was on a different team. Matter of fact, he played with the Patriots for, for a little while because he sucks so much. Yeah. That, he was that they played for the Bears, right? Right, drafted by the Bears. So, yeah. like, so that's the type of stuff for me where it's like you just – it just becomes one of those situations where it's like we can second-guess all of these things. As many misses as he's had, and he's had a lot, he's had just as many if not more hits. Right. And, and so, and that's what it comes down to. And unfortunately, it goes in waves. When you hit on a blue chip player, true blue chip players, Donta Hightower, McCordy, Edelman, Ronk, all the Tom Brady, apparently. Nobody right? knew it at the and, time. Well, right, but, right. But, but my point is that look at all those guys that you got as blue chip players, right? And then all of a sudden, John you get Christian the Gonzalez. Well, right, but but you get three out of four Super Bowls because you hit on those blue chip players, and then you fill in the rest of your roster with other players. 
you start you sign Stephon Gilmore. So you can go out and spend your money on Stephon Gilmore because you have Donta Hightower and Devin McCourty in your team. Right. Yeah. And so, like, those are the types of things that you can do. When you have guys like that, like that's what you can do with your team. When you don't have the pl- the true blue chip guys, that's when your team begins to. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about Vince Wilfork, who's going to be a Hall of Famer too. So, like, legend. When you have those guys, you can build around those players. The Patriots don't have any of those guys on offense. None. No. They have none of those guys. It's a whole bunch of like the best players on their offense. I think you'd argue are like good. Like like Hunter right. Henry is the kind of guy who would be amazing in like the 2007 offense with, right. with Moss and Welker. He's a guy who would shine being able to be a tight end in that spot. But he's just a guy, and he's a good player. But he's right. nothing more than like just a just a decent player. He's like a kind of guy who's like an 84 overall in Madden. And those are the best guys. And you can't build around that. Um, and I know they haven't drafted you. Yeah. Um, when it also, I, there was a comment in here about, you know, taking the kicker and the punter in the draft this year. I'm old enough to re- to have been alive last January when they, you know, lost to the Bills because they returned two kicks because your kicker can't get the ball to the end zone when right. he's kicking off and how bad their punter situation was. They had, what, 12 draft picks this year? It's a, The issue isn't that he's drafting the kicker and the punter. The issue is that, they whiffed on offense, so many offensive picks in like 2017, 2018, 2019. No, they didn't pick any in 2017, but 2018, 2019, all those drafts that now you you have to fill the holes in your team that you'd regularly have to fill anyway, and right. you have no premier offensive talent. And yep. you're at a spot where, you know, you, you can't not pick Christian Gonzalez because of how good he is. And none of the receivers at that spot, I think, changed with this offenses this year. But yep. right now, it's clear they need to have a better wide receiver one. They need a better wide receiver two. They need maybe a better tight end in the mix. And they need, I mean, if we're talking for just next season, hypothetically, they re-sign, um, I don't know, on Wenu and Trent Brown. Hypothetically, they re-sign those two guys. I think it's clear you need a right tackle and you probably need a center as well because David Andrews is getting long in the tooth and I think yep. his days are numbered in the NFL at this point. And that's bare minimum. And for the most part, you know, offensive tackle, wide receiver, tight ends, things like that, you're only finding those in the first round usually. You only have so many picks. That's kind of where they've gotten with this. You're in you're in offensive debt in some ways because you need players who you can only get through the draft because they're not good enough to hit free agency and guys who are regularly only taken, only available at the top of the draft, day one or day two, and you only have so many picks in that range. That's right. kind of the issue of where they are right now and regardless of who the gm is next april when the draft comes around i think it's kind of obvious that whoever's going to be in that spot is going to be drafting heavily on the offensive side of the ball to start because that's where this team needs investment defense when healthy is good the defense is very good when healthy um that's not really the concern now the concern is the offense and right there's there's a lot of talent on offense in the draft this year thankfully well that's the thing and the defense was pretty good, is still pretty good. And they're without John Jones left again with an injury, but they're without Marcus Jones and Jack Jones and John Jones is still hobbled and Christian Gonzalez. That's four, that's your top four corners, right? And, and then the top top three pass rushers, Judon and then Keon White and Josh Uche go out with injuries. <laughs> right, right. So it's just, it's brutal. 
And so the the injuries you have on defense becomes insurmountable, but then you still have guys that can fill in. Christian Barmore had a great game today. Uh, Anthony Jennings had a really nice game against the run today. So those are some of those things. But, yeah, you know, it, it's not, not good enough today. No, the pass rush definitely wasn't good enough today. But, but again, you you not that you expect that, but I'm not necessarily surprised by that because – Everyone's hurt. You know what I mean, and so that's that's tough. Yeah. And you're right? not gonna you're not gonna win a lot in the NFL when you you don't have a good secondary and you can't rush the passer. That's Correct. just a bad a bad recipe. There's a comment in here too about instead of getting a tackle, they signed Chris Board again. I'm old enough to remember last January when they single handedly lost a game in Buffalo because they couldn't play special teams. I also promise you Chris Board is not making enough money to be the reason why they didn't sign a tackle. They didn't sign a tackle because the only offensive tackle in free agency this year who has proved to be good is Orlando Brown, who only plays left tackle, and they would have to move Trent Brown again to right. make that work. Yeah. Both of the, I, guys I that do... they, both the veterans they signed were guys who, while not being good starters, were real starters for teams last right. year and like they're bad starters but they're starters and right they both got worse you can't predict yeah. that they're just gonna get well, worse and anderson for, i don't know what happened to him over the summer but he was in the nfi which is tough yeah that's really that's yeah. just unfortunately yeah. it's just a bad you know he didn't have any off season essentially which sucks you know so um and also by the way the special teams was, was garbage last year the special teams coverage was garbage all year last year yeah, they um, were bad. And, and know, the special so, teams still aren't good now, which I think mostly the numbers have a lot to do with Ryland missing some kicks, and I'm guessing that's yeah. going to go up. Beringer has been a little inconsistent, but, I yeah. mean, you go back. Uh, Mike Reese had put out an article on this. Not an article, but one of his Sunday notes, I think, over the summer talking about this. And the last team to have rookies at kicker and punter was 2,000 Raiders, I believe. Yeah. And they were shaky because a lot of times rookies at kicker and punter are shaky and it takes a year or two to really acclimate to the NFL. Um, so, no, I mean, I think you needed the investment there. And I promise you, guys, who were not sitting there at those spots who were going to change the outcome of the offense this year. The, the investment they need on offense, you know, there there was no path this offseason to fixing the offense. The, it was always going to be mid. The problem is it's gone from mid to bad because the players we thought were good either got worse or got injured. Yeah. Yeah, it was just bad. It was tough. And and, and look, again, it's it, it's it's a myriad of things that happened at all at the same time, whereas your two guards get hurt, right? Both of your guards get hurt. Now you got guys that got to fill in for duty. And Mafi maybe can become something, but he isn't right now. And City So you drafted to play tackle, and he's playing guard. He also got hurt. So you you just like everyone's like, so, hurt. Right so now. got hurt today. No, but he got hurt two weeks oh. ago. And oh, so now he's King out. Cup. Then you, right. So then yeah. you got to come. You know, someone else got to come in. Now Vidarian Lowe is your option at right tackle because there's nothing you can do. You know, and, and so and so that's the other part of it, right? And uh, you know, and it just it is what it is, right? It is yeah, what it is, guys. and ultimately, you know, and and. Whatever. Again, I think the Cole Strange pick. I, I didn't love the Cole Strange pick at the time. I thought, and someone said to me, which I think is so true, like you drafted the Ted Karras replacement at number twenty nine overall. Like, why? 
Why? Yeah. It just didn't make well, any sense. You know, like in hindsight, you got Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, and Ted Karras all in the building. And right. You don't keep any of let them. Let them all go. And Trade them all. The, let them walk. The, the spending spree you go on and you don't keep Joe Tooney in that mix, I think that's one. You, like, I, I think Cole Strange probably going to be a good enough player that we're all, you know, it'll be a, still a joke that he was taken at 29th, but it, people will mostly get over it. But um, the fact that you could have had Joe Tooney instead and probably gone in a different position yeah, I think that's questionable, and I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of understandable and justifiable, but still questionable decisions in the last couple of years. And when you add them all up, it's all right. We're taking risk and risk and risk here, and it's just not. None of them are paying off. None yeah. of them are going the way you think they're going to go, and that's how 100%. you end up where you are. By the way, Josh yeah, Allen just did the Josh Allen thing. We were like, oh no, 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 no. Oh, touchdown. Okay. <laughs> Is it so? Are they are, are they up now at like fourteen six or about yeah, to be 14? Uh, uh, 14. Oh, nine. Okay, what a what a weird football game. The bizarre game. I'm rooting for the Bills With... only because they're my uh, they're my knockout pool team, and so oh, I need man. to not I need to not lose <laughs> that game. I had, the Ram- so. I had the Rams over the Cardinals earlier, so I'm good. That was a tough one too. That's a tough one. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, so I think I think the path from here, um, it gets tough because. I were the GM of the team right now and I had infinite job security, I would say you're selling off the pieces that are good. Yep. I think that means Kendrick Bourne, probably Hunter Henry. I think you're going to keep Jabril Peppers, who was really good today. I think he's an emotional yeah. leader and a guy you probably want in that clubhouse. Probably going to trade Uche. You're going to keep Owenu around. You're going to keep Duggar around. Uche, you're either keeping around or you're trading him. It's one or the other. I don't care which one. I think you you just feel it out based on value. The problem is Bill Belichick, you know, coaching for his job right now. And they're going to have to have some conversations. Eden Craft are going to have to have some tough conversations about what goes on here because I'm sure Bill doesn't want to be selling. And I'm sure he wants to give it his all and try to win every single game the rest of the way. Um. It's so a hard situation. The yeah. what's best for the future of the franchise is not necessarily what's best for Bill Belichick keeping his job as the head coach and GM of this team. Right. And this is where, you know, as an organization, they have to figure out what the plan is going to be going forward. And I don't think they would fire Bill Belichick midseason. But also if he says, I'm trying to go for it and he's trying to make moves, if he's, you know, Saying I'm going to send a second round pick for Jerry Judy, hypothetically, because I'm trying to save my job. That'd be crazy. We can't be mortgaging the future for moves to take this from a three win team to a four win team. That's not what we're trying to do. Well, right. And not just that, but the other part of it for me is that, like, what does it look like for the, what does it look like at the end of the year? Right. And, and I caution people, I caution people that want to tank. Tanking is not good for the culture of your locker room. And I know I know we want to get rid of people. I know we want – but like tanking and just losing on purpose almost is, is not good. It doesn't build winning, and you need to build winning in your team. And, and right now, it's not good, but you, you can't do that. Yeah, and I, I to go with that, I, I had pulled this the other day. I was just looking at some of the teams with the top Super Bowl odds right now and like where they would gotten their quarterbacks. And I, this is from the other day. So the, the numbers may have changed and everything and the, the order. The 49ers were the favorite 
And, you know, obviously they got their quarterback at 262nd there, uh, which is probably not sustainable. But what was sustainable, you know, they got they got high enough draft picks that they were able to build a team. But they also kind of got fortunate in that they had the good teams where players got hurt and they were able to get good draft picks. But they had got enough talent there where they traded all that for Trey Lance and it didn't end up right. mattering because the team was good and then they dropped in a quarterback. Go to the Chiefs. I think they were a playoff team with Alex Smith and then they trade up for Patrick Mahomes. I'm pretty sure that's how that went or they were just outside the playoffs. They were a decent team. They moved up to get their quarterback. Um, who's the next year? Eagles. Now they get their quarterback in the second round when they were kind of a, a middling team. The Bills had made the playoffs the year before and they traded up to go get Josh Allen. Now, the Dolphins were bad, and they picked top five. The Chargers were bad, and they picked uh, at, at six. You know, the Cowboys got a guy in the second round. Ravens, they got Lamar Jackson at the last pick of the first round, traded Trade up for that. Yep. The Lions are there with Jared Goff, the guy who's, yeah, the number one pick, but they didn't pick him there. They traded for him and made it work. So right. I think there's a lot of ways to get quarterback, a lot of ways to rebuild. You don't have to completely bottom out to do it, but I do think – what we're looking at for the future is you're probably selling off and trying to build an offense for the next two years and then drop a quarterback in after. So it might be this season and then another year or two of not great football here in new England, not bottoming out, but you know, six right. win teams, seven, I also think, five to seven win teams. Right. And I also think what you see with those teams is they've almost all of them have built their teams along the lines along the mm -hmm. offensive lines and the defensive lines. That's how they've built their teams. And then, sure, sure, like, you know, they obviously got good quarterbacks. The Bills traded up to get Josh Allen. Some of it was luck. Look at the Niners. The Niners, you know, were garbage. They traded a second-round pick for Jimmy G, right? They end up finishing the season, what, 6-10. and 10. So, the, you know... And all of a sudden, they're good because they built their offensive line. They built a really good defense. Jimmy G ends up not being the guy. Okay, well, fine. All right, let's uh, bring someone else in. Oh, well, okay, fine. That works out. Oh, then we just happen to draft the guy, the last pick of the draft, and he pays off, right? And so it's like, it, it's it's not one of those things for me where it's like you have to draft a guy in the top five, you know? Obviously, you want to, but you have to build a team around them too. Yeah, and it a lot of a lot of what's going to happen too when we get to the draft. I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot of podcasts talking about this draft in advance, which we probably going to be starting talking about that even this week. Looking at prospects, it's going to be how good are the quarterbacks in this draft, and is it worth taking one because you think they are so good that they make your franchise a contender simply by having them on the roster. If there's somebody like that there when you pick, you have to take them. There really there isn't another option. If there isn't, then a lot's on the table. You're drafting offense, but trading back is on the table depending on the offer. There's a lot of different positions. You can go line. You can go wide receiver. You can go tight end if you're a Brock Bowers guy and you want to do that. Um, you got a lot of options, but you know it's kind of flavor or whatever flavor you like. And if you're sitting there at five and somebody wants to come move up for a guy, they'll give you next year's first rounder and this year's first rounder and all yes. kinds of crazy stuff for it. That can help you a ton. And that's something you're going to have to consider too. So 
A lot of options here. I don't think it's going to be a quick turnaround for New England unless they get really, really lucky in quick succession here. Well, and that's what happens. That's that's how it has to work. You have to build through the draft. And then when you build through the draft, then you can supplement with other players. Matthew yeah. Judon was a great signing. There's not enough other good players for it, for that to matter. Hunter Henry was a decent up. signing, but like there's not enough other guys for it to matter. You know what I mean? Like it's just not. And so it's like you didn't draft enough guys that it made a difference. Trent Brown was okay. a decent trade, but there's not enough players. So it's like you look at the positions that you that you've acquired. You've made some good acquisitions around around places, but you haven't had enough guys. To me, my opinion, it starts on the offensive line. You know, yeah. if you have a top five pick. Unless Drake May is sitting there or Caleb Williams, you have to draft, you have to go offensive line. Or, you know, again, or you say, all right, we're not going to go offensive line, but we are going to go, you know, we're going to trade back and go offensive line later or whatever the yeah. case may be. You know, I just, I think, I think that's one a lot of, us. yeah. And I like offensive line. And I think the key, if you want to build a good team with it, the most premier positions in football are what, what, lockdown corner, defensive end, offensive tackle wide receiver and quarterback. And if you can have three guys at those positions who are pro bowl level players on rookie deals, that's the kind of foundation you're looking for. I think emphasis on think, because we only got three games of them. Christian Gonzalez is going to be one of them. Yes. That means you're probably going to find what a tackle and a wide receiver here, which is probably what you're looking for in the next draft. And if you hit on them, all right, then you can go for a quarterback the next year. And if it's drafting one or if you're trying to make a trade for one or free agency or whatever, um, there's a lot of options. Yeah. But I think that I think trying to get the offensive tackle and the wide receiver right now is probably your top priority. And then you figure things out from that. I agree. I agree. And yeah. so, you know, and, and Brandon mentions Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, obviously he's incredible. Keon Coleman, I think, is a great player too. Roma Dunza from uh, Washington. Right. So there, so there's guys. There are definitely guys. How do we get all of them? I, <laughs> you don't, unfortunately. But you know, <laughs> hey, listen. Maybe we can be. Maybe we can be. Draft your offensive lineman this year. Maybe sign another, you know, wide receiver this offseason or whatever the case may be. And then next year we can draft Travis Hunter. Right. How about that? I like How about it. that? I like it. I like no? it. Oh, and I think another factor here. We want a quarterback. Let's see who comes out in this class because there's a lot of guys who might come out this year or who might push back. And um, not that I'm saying you don't use a high pick on a quarterback, but first of all, I think there are guys in the the second or third round range who might be worth taking this year. And all right, we're going to sign Jacoby Percet and draft a guy on day two. And we're going to see what happens with it. We don't think it's the answer, but it's enough of a bridge until we get to what the next guy is going to be. And then... Uh, the other thing is some of those guys who could be second or third rounders might say, hey, I think I can be a first rounder next year. And they're going to go back. And yeah. it's so it's tough to get a gauge on how good that well, 2025 QB class is going to be. Right. With the NIL now, you don't have to come out. You can make a good yeah. amount of money in college and not have to come out, especially if, you, if you're not happy with your draft position or you're worried about what team you're going to go to or whatever the case may be. So, um, dude, I, Nagana, I feel the same way. Shador is the guy Shador's, I want, man. I love Shador. Shador. Would be, that'd be so but, cool. Yeah, he, well, I don't yeah. think he's coming out this year. So. Yeah. Another guy I like who um, I think unfortunately has traits with another former former draft guy I liked who didn't pan out in Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at J.J. McCarthy 
for Michigan, who yeah. has been he's been crazy efficient this year. He's really young. He's 20 years old now. I think he'll be 21 when he's when he's in the NFL for the first time. It's a play action offense. Yeah. His team is much better than his opponents. Things are really easy on him. But he's accurate. He makes big plays. He delivers the ball on time and he can run. All of this sounds like Trey Lance, right? A guy who, you know, one year starter, a young guy who can run play action mm-hmm. offense, better team than everybody else. It's the Trey Lance profile. He's right. probably a second rounder this year if he comes out. I don't want JJ McCarthy in the first round. I'll tell yeah. you that right off the bat, unless something crazy happens between now and the draft. Second round, now you could talk me into it um, and see what happens. I don't know how good he'll be, but that's the kind of that's the profile of the guy. And obviously, you got Bo Nix, Michael Penix, who put on a show yesterday for anybody who's watching that Washington Oregon game, who I think are also guys who I don't know how how good they're going to be. I don't know how high their ceiling is, but I feel good about the floor, about them being able to operate in NFL offense and. You know, they're not going to embarrass you out there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so we'll see. All right, we got to end the show, man. We've been going yeah, for a long time. We're rambling. Talking about day. a lot of different things. I know. I know. It's a disappointing day, and people want to talk about the future, and we will. There's plenty of time to talk about the future. I also think – I love your idea, by the way. I think we're going to give you guys one college football game to watch per weekend so you yeah. can, so we can kind of, you know, or, take a look at some – take a little deep dive at some players that we'll I think, you, uh, you know – yeah, maybe we can give you a, a menu of games to watch. A couple things, maybe appetizer. We can give you a little dessert, things to watch, players I to agree. keep an eye on, that kind of thing. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, Patriots losing Vegas again, one and five. It's rough. It's rough. But listen, again, as I said, at least they were competitive. At least they. And I know it's small. It was it's an entertaining game. But they like came out and like fought in the second half. So like I'll I'll take that. It's it's the most frustrating thing with this group is and it's been a couple years of this now. You come off the bus not ready to play. They get kicked in the face. Yeah. Most of the time they wake up, they fight back, they make it close, and yep. then the hole was too deep and they get buried. Right. Right. It's tough. So they haven't they haven't won a game that they trailed in at any point all season long. And in the Jets, yeah, and they, they led wire wire against the Jets. I don't think they led in any of the other games this season. So it's right. been wire to wire, no lead changes, and that's disheartening for sure. Because yeah. you go down three nothing, and it feels like that's the ball game. Well, when the you know Vegas went up, you know what ten, and it yeah. was just like, well, that was there it. There we go again. You know, so <clears throat> so let's see, we'll see what happens. And listen, I mean, they're playing the Bills next week. They're not going to win, but. Maybe they well, can they put might. up a fight. Maybe they can put up a fight well, against the Bills. I don't know. Well, the the thing is, for as bad as the Patriots have been, I think the offense is good enough when the offensive line is healthy that they'll give somebody a, a chance. You, you know, we we saw or give somebody a fight. We saw how it was weeks one and two. You know, they're they're good enough that against one of these teams, they may have a random competitive game. And it's not going to change at all our forecast for the future of this team, but at oh, least right. it'll be entertaining. I'm also looking at that Chargers game. It's the, the type of game where it's like a team that's good, the Patriots could beat because they're just liable to do something dumb. Right. Also, someone saying you said last week, don't fire Bill. That's actually not exactly what you That's yeah, exactly that's the opposite not, of what you said. Yeah, last week is when I when I started to get on that. Um, yeah. And again, not midseason. Two weeks ago. No, not midseason. And it's – you know. I, um, yeah, that was that was two weeks ago when I said who would be better than Bill if we moved on. Sure. Um, and that's I'm not. I still don't Bill's know who would be really better good. than Bill. 
And so. it's, you know, you go back to that Cowboys game. After the, after the Cowboys game, it was one really bad loss, a decent win over the Jets, and two close losses to good teams. That's not enough to say fire the head coach. Back-to-back 30-plus point losses where the team looks low energy, can't execute anything, can't do basics, too many penalties, is a very different story. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I got new information and changed my mind, and I'm totally okay saying that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, anyways, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for, uh, <clears throat> you know, having the chat go all all night long. We appreciate Love it. Love talking to you guys. And, uh, yeah, we do. We do. So, and I'm like <clears throat> slowly dying over here. So I don't know what's going on, but get you, get yourself some tea. I'll try. Yes. Something like that. So but anyways, thank you so much guys. We appreciate it. And we'll be back uh, Wednesday night, probably uh, with another show for you and we'll go from there. All right. Have yeah. a good night guys. And uh, it's Bill's week, I guess. Woo. It doesn't mean the same as it used to, but uh, you know, we'll just, we'll see what happens. So less juice this week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right guys, take care. <laughs>